Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, well, well. G'day, g'day, g'day. It's Glenn James here from My Millennial Money, and I'm with John Pigeon today. G'day, John. Hello, Glenn. And Beck, how are you? Hello, I'm Beck. I'm well, thanks. That's good to be good. back. Good to yeah. be back. Take so two. you may have heard back from episode 252 where we talked about minimalism and money and that was around like organizing your life and stuff and all that stuff because it can lead to better money. And this episode today is more about how to run your life as a financial minimalist. So it's not just, you know, I've got a crap load of debt and my life's still a financial mess, but at least my house is clean. It's how do we set up a minimalist lifestyle? The whole stuff. So a special thanks to Sun Super, the My Millennial Money podcast partner, for getting behind the show and helping us. They've got more than 1.5 million Aussies who trust Sun Super with their super savings. So that's a lot of people, isn't it? It is. Yeah. That's that's over 1 million reasons to consider Sun Super. Would you Mm -hmm. say that, John? I would say that. It's um, it's over 10% of... No, it isn't. Less than 10% of all Aussies. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't know what period of Australia you're living in, but uh, certainly not now. And speaking of being now in 2020, Sun Super are super ratings, 2020 fund of the year, and they've also got a five-star CanStar badge. Yeah, that's awesome. So, it's not rubbish. So, check out sunsuper.com.au forward slash choose to check them out. AKA choose if you uh, if the shoe fits. Absolutely. If, yeah. If the shoe fits, it. Uh, what What's the um, OJ Simpson thing? If the the glove doesn't fit, we must acquit. Did you watch the OJ Simpson thing on Netflix? No. The I people was yeah. oh, you've got to do it. There's so many good things on Netflix so at the good. moment. So, anyway, let's get into this and have a chat. My millennial money, minimalism, Glenn and John. Beck Bradshaw from The Everyday Organizer. From cash flow to investments, financial minimalism. <laughs> I was just trying to do a minimalist intro. <laughs> okay, so Beck, your business, mm-hmm. The Everyday Organizer, just tell us a little bit about what you do for those who haven't listened to episode 252. Yeah, so I run my own small business and it's all about helping people get back in control of their homes and that can come in different forms but generally starting with decluttering so getting rid of anything that you no longer love or use in your home and then organizing so creating systems that think for you essentially so you're not wondering where are my sunnies or where should I put you know the kids undies away and if you have babysitters or people coming in to help out in your home they know where everything lives so it's all about fundamentally reducing stress in your home um, and that's done through both decluttering and organising. Yeah, sweet. So what would you say are the top three things that someone could do if they want to start this journey? Like if you're, mm. I don't know, like John's favourite auntie who's a bloody cat lady with 50 cats and is a hoarder. So on the, I'll pull you up on that word hoarding because it is a clinical term and we do throw it around a lot. Um, but there's plenty of people who have a lot of stuff in their home that are completely happy with it. And if that's you, that's fine. No, no, I'm saying However, she's clinically a hoarder. She oh, needs medication. Okay. Right. No, no, I'm joking. It's a fictitious person. He's just using yeah. me. Right. Yeah. Okay, so um, she's, she's not a, a hoarder. Yeah. If you are feeling that complete sense of overwhelm and not knowing where to start, the first thing I would recommend is starting with reducing the amount of stuff that you own. So just going through it and asking, do I really love and still use this item? And just by going through that process of decluttering, you'll eventually get to a point that you'll have less stuff in your home and it'll be a bit, little bit more manageable. And if even if you don't get rid of anything, you'll know everything that you own. Yeah, so you're so taking stock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. being con- like happy with where you're at with the stuff in your home. And sometimes you go through multiple rounds of decluttering and you get better and better at it each time. 
Um, so yeah, it's not about doing it once and then thinking I'm fine. It's about repeating that process over time. Mm. Mm. Cool. So in our world, we coach and motivate others and mm. do all those things. And we have to look ourselves in the mirror and say, are we doing those things ourselves and keeping ourselves accountable? Yeah. When I walk into your house, Beck, what do I see? It's pretty neat. Um, <laughs> I like a f- healthy amount of stuff in my home. I like a lot of artwork, um, and I love color, but I do keep it relatively simple just so I'm not cleaning all the time or yeah. doing extra dusting. So for example, I will never have like open shelving in my kitchen because right. I'll be like not put glass doors on there. So it's so much easier just to clean a glass door than it is mm. to like pull all the wine glasses out and clean underneath. Yeah, I've got glass glasses. shelves and they're so annoying. Oh, yeah. It's really, I think, yeah, some people love them, but yeah. design wise, I don't mm. appreciate so, them. So uh, efficiency. Is uh, what your house is about, is it? Efficiency to reduce stress because life is getting busier and that's not changing. I think it's just going to keep on getting busier. Um, And we want to spend time doing the things that we love. I actually love cleaning, but I also don't have a lot of time for it. So I'm one of those, yeah, weirdos. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's about efficiency and below that is reducing stress. So top three things. First, just start and just clean up crap. And then was there any other points buried in that? Once you declutter, then it's about organising and creating what I would call systems in your home. So instead of arguing when was the last time the bed sheets were changed, just set up a system that you do that every Sunday, whether it's in the morning or Sunday night or if you're away for the weekend, therefore you do it Monday. It's just setting up mini systems that work for you so you're not wondering, was that done? Is it my turn? Is it your turn? It's just done for you and House habits almost. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And you learn those systems over time and you trial and error and you sort of weave your way on a journey trying to find out what works best for you. And if you've got a household with many people in it, sometimes it's about compromise and all of those sorts of things, but it's about, yeah, a lot Mm. of trial and error and Mm. always moving towards the next best step sort of thing. And are there any advanced tips as a third tip maybe? So I think sometimes when we look at decluttering and organising, it's knowing when to stop. Um, so underlying decluttering and organizing and minimalism is creating a better life for you. So decluttering to me is a chore. It's not necessarily something that is a habit. Um, so you schedule it in every three to six months and you go through it and do it. But if you're doing it every single weekend, I don't know if that's the best use of your time. I know. Yeah, mm. which is fine for some people. And if you love it, fine, do it. But if you're finding that you're focusing more on minimising the pile rather than of stuff that you have rather than enjoying it, that's probably a signal. So you feel that three to six months is is about the right time frame. People I think so, gather yeah. enough crap. That's what I that find time. I do in my home and I don't have kids and we accumulate. There's It's just insane the amount of stuff that comes through our front door and I'm pretty strict about what comes through the front door and the back door and Mm. (laughs) the mail and all the other ways that things come into the home. Uh, But, yeah, and that's because life moves through different phases and if Mm. you have kids, uh, you know, we just kicked off the school year. Um, But, yeah, as they grow up and move through different phases, you do have to declutter that and appreciate when you're entering a new phase as well. So I've just written down some notes, take stock, Declutter, set up a system, some mini systems, and then just knowing where to stop as some things to start with, Mm. which is amazing. When we look at, and I guess I wanted to do this episode today, and I've got some points that I want to discuss with both of you, and this will be maybe more an open table conversation, more open than usual, uh, because it's less ended, and you know, some people don't vibe that style of podcast some people do so that's all good but that's the way we're going to do it today so joining on the conversation if you're at home and the thing (laughs) is like the things that we say you could think of something that john myself or beck do not think of that you can apply and you're like oh they should have said that it's like no we shouldn't have because we wanted you to think of it and you to implement it so use this time to think how you can become a minimalist or is there a term financial minimalist or did i make that up Financial minimalism, yes, that is a term. So if you Google that, you'll get let's lots just, of documents. Well, let's, and let's have a look at this about that. TV what show is. called The Minimalism. Yeah, so minimalism really came to the forefront by through the Minimalists, which yeah. are two guys based out of America. 
and they've done wonders in terms of creating the movement of minimalism and keeping it a really positive and inclusive one rather than one out of fear or judgment. Mm. So they're the sort of... Yeah, so I've just looked up what is financial minimalism uh, and a digital bank has come up (laughs) and it's like, (laughs) what is financial minimalism? Financial minimalism is our philosophy to help you find financial freedom. That means freedom from fear, from financial concerns, from stress, from guilt, from anxiety, over self-imposed excess. Ultimately, it means freedom of choice because when your finances are simplified, you give them more headspace to conquer everything else in life. Mm. So, Good sales pitch. Yeah, mm. so sure. I mean, that's cool. But I guess I wanted to kind of have today, it's like what I thought could be some things to do if you want to live your financial life, your investment life, your cash flow life, like Beck's house, yep. basically. And my client's homes. And your client's <laughs> homes. Yes. So even I was just thinking like, You've said take stock of your house. I think the yeah. first thing we do, need to do with our spending is take stock. What are we spending and what are we spending it on? Mm. And then declutter. Are we canning subscriptions? Are we getting rid of memberships that we don't use? So I guess it's the start and it's the low-hanging fruit of this process. It's like how do we declutter mm. our financial footprint? Yeah, and it's giving yourself permission to let go of those things as well. So with, you know, when I deal with clients and they have their stuff, they could give a reason saying, oh, but I spent so much money on it or maybe I'll use it one day and then there's sort of the most two common ones. But when it comes to, you know, subscriptions and how you uh, spend your money, it can also be going, okay, that doesn't serve me anymore. That, you know, investment, where are you putting that money it may be just readdressing that and just going, okay, that served me for a while, but maybe it doesn't anymore. And that could be, you know, anything really mm, when mm. you look at it. And then I was thinking, you know, knowing when to stop, it's like, yes, you want your financial minimalism lifestyle to be lean and efficient and all that, but don't do it for the sake of not having any joy in your life. Yeah. And it's the same with when you clean up crap, don't throw out the bicycle just because you've got to get rid of crap. It's like, no, you enjoy using it, so it's, it's okay to yeah. keep it. Yeah, and that but goes on, like, that is the whole principle of minimalism is that it's not about how much stuff you own but why you own it. Mm. Mm. And it's really a philosophy in terms of being more intentional with your fundamentally energy. So if you think of money as energy and whether you put that energy into buying stuff or relationships or how you manage your money, that's really what it's all about. So it's not about necessarily living in a really sparse home with not much in it if that doesn't make you happy or add value to your life. Yeah. And it's like you imagine coming to other people's homes without emotion, they're full of emotion with their stuff. So very easy for you to say, look, you're not using that, get rid of it. That goes, that goes, that stays. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that, that obviously helps that person. Same thing can be applied to their, their spending and their, yeah, their and money matters. It's like open your Apple iTunes store or your Google Play app and just see if there's subscription in there that you're no longer using. I coached a girl out of debt once and she's got all this debt in the world, couldn't afford rent. She texts me, a couple of weeks later, like, oh, I didn't need the New York Times subscription of $30 a fortnight. It's like, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? So I think it is take stock, but I'm just looking online. Mm. I don't know if there is an actual term financial minimalist. There's yeah. financial minimalism, yeah. which is there's one reference to that dumb article. We've just created it. Uh, to get to your <laughs> minimalist budget. Yeah, there's a minimalist budget. But anyway, it's it's a cool thing. So, yeah. again, today it's like we're just going to try and get you thinking of whether or not, you know, you could have the cleanest house in the world and the most tidy, efficient house, but if your finances are still hectic and you don't want to be hectic, well, now we're going to talk about that. So, And when, when it, with minimalism, the easiest place to start is generally stuff because that's tangible, that's quite easy. Absolutely. Uh, so for some people, that might make sense to start with the stuff when you're getting on board with minimalism. And if, you, if you're hearing the word minimalism and you're like, oh, I'm not really vibing with that, 
it's really you can interchange it sometimes with common sense. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, so if you're not feeling that word, that's just something, another angle that you can look at. But, yeah, starting with your staff might be the right path for you, but it's also just looking at your finances and applying that same philosophy of where do I want to intentionally put that energy and, you know, mm-hmm. With minimalism, you also have this thread of buying uh, experiences over stuff. Yes. Um, which should therefore lead to a more uh, happy and, you know, so well-rounded So if someone's life. going to start the process, they, they just realise that it's a mess and they need to start it, right? For, for effectiveness and minimise procrastination, mm. we always say start with the hardest tasks that, at the start of the day and then it gradually gets easier as the day goes on, mm. ideally. So if someone's money or um, finances is a mess, do you say start with the hardest task first or what's your, what's your process in that? So there's two things. So one is starting with the vision, so where you want to end up. Uh, and sometimes that can feel a bit scary about like you're just thinking about, oh, okay, I want to you know buy the house or get out of debt. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Or oh, I want to invest in the stock market, but I have no idea how. Yeah. So there's that. And then there's also the element of being really kind to yourself and almost content as to where you are right now. And that's really hard in this day and age when we live in a world where there's so many structures of mm. comparison. Uh, and if you, that's really, really hard to get away from, especially if you're on the social platforms. And there's so many, don't yep. need to list them all off. But it's those two things that I would start yep. with. So you're letting go of what's happened in the past and, and pressing a reset almost. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm a yeah. big fan of pressing reset. And if someone is um, in a financial mess or in a good mm. financial position but wants to really lean up and wants to press reset, I would say the first thing to do is go home, clean out your kitchen, clean out your living room and your bedroom, just places where you are sitting the most – so at least your physical mm. can represent yeah. where you're wanting to target your yeah. the unseen of yeah. my money life. And that's a quick win on the board as well that shows you, yes, I can do this. Totally. Yeah. So I, I think like I was thinking if I wanted to be a financial minimalist, the number one thing I would probably want and to do is to have an agile cash flow. And what do you mean by that, Glenn? What do you mean by that, Glenn? Oh, John, glad you asked. <laughs> so I'm talking about, you know, you don't have any locked-in stuff, okay? So you don't have phone contracts because you don't have, like, for example, if you did, that's one thing. The more stuff you've got tied to your budget as a locked-in contract or a, a repayment yeah. schedule, it's the less agile that your finances are. Mm-hmm. So to be a financial minimalist – you want a very agile budget and cash flow system. That could mean I save up, I buy a secondhand, really good quality phone, and then I do prepaid or I do month by month. I don't have any locked in contracts. So, so what you're saying is sometimes the process needs to be more complicated for you to get a better financial outcome. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so that's why- put the work in. Yeah, it's yeah. baby steps because I want to build this minimalist life mm. And that's what I mean, like it could take a while to actually get your physical home in order. Agreed. 100%. And that's why it takes a time to be a financial minimalist. It's like your cash flow is the most powerful wealth creation tool that you've got. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I always imagine like, you know, a big, you know, like when um, I think Iraq fell and there was the big statue of Saddam Hussein, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Just Or an old rock statue or something. So what happens, that statue's there and just imagine a big strap on it and a hook and tying it down. Yeah. And then you get another one tying it down. Then you get another one, like all on the same side. Mm. The more things that you've got attached to this thing, it will fall over if it gets pulled yeah. enough. Yeah. So if your cash flow is this symbol of wealth in your life, mm. you want it not tied down. Yeah. You want it agile. So mm-hmm. when opportunities come up to travel and buy experiences, not things, we don't have any financial tie downs. Yeah. Another analogy to that is like when you're doing a sculpture and you like 
taking away little chunks of it and it looks, you know, a bit horrible at the start and a bit chunky. But over time you get better and better at it until it's like this really fine-tuned, you know, piece of art. And mm. that's sort of how I sort of see um, the journey with your money is it's just something that you keep looking at again and again and just tweaking, improving as time goes on. And, yeah, you may not go to, you know, for example, the phone contract, go to prepaid straight away, but mm. it might be slowly looking at things like that mm. that can make Yeah, it like a I've transitioned free. to just buying a phone outright and right. I'm just on a BYO plan. Mm, same. Like it's just more agile like and like if I drop my phone and yeah. it breaks or something, it's not under warranty. Yeah. It's not this drama. Like no. I don't have all this crap to pay out and like it's almost like – so on I've a got, larger scale, mm. we're talking big car loans, big home mortgages. Yeah, I, I would imagine like if you're a financial minimalist, there's obviously a spectrum or if you're aiming to yeah. be one. Mm. Now, I would hypothesize, John, if we go to the far extreme, I would almost imagine if you are an extreme financial minimalist, you mm. do not have any consumer debt. No. You don't have any car loans. You might not even have a mortgage. Mm. You might you live out of your car. You might live out of you might live out of your van. But yeah. no, but I mean, you might rent somewhere nice. Yeah. And have nothing tying you down. Yeah. In a month's time, you can be yep. anywhere. The only thing tying you down is maybe you've got a six month lease, which you can get out of anyway. Yeah. The leases these days. But the extreme scenario, I think, if you are a financial minimalist, yeah, is I've got no debt. I've got no investment property debt. Because I don't want mortgage papers, I don't want to deal with mm. that. Mm. I set up a lean investment account, or I just pump superannuation. Because we've all got a super account. Yeah. Because I think this whole minimalist thing—if you are taking it to the extreme—you want less paperwork in your life. Absolutely. You want your tax return to be lean. You just want to be shoveling yeah. money. And we talk about the uh, value-based budgeting with giving ten, investing ten, housing no more than thirty. And then living the 50%, do whatever you want. Mm. Depending how extreme you want to get, you might ramp up that investing to 20% mm. at the expense yeah. of some living expenses or rent. And talking extreme ends, it's, it could be off the grid living. Like totally. Absolutely. No electricity bills, the, the whole works. It's, mm. um, Which could take a lot to get to that extreme. I know a, mm. a guy who lives 100% off the grid. Yeah. I mean, he's got some significant wealth behind him, but mm. if that is a goal, mm. well, what you need to do, if you've got to do something today for that goal in three or four years or five years. Exactly. And that's something I always tell myself, what would future Beck want? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I think if you are, now, if we go back down the spectrum, the financial minimalist might be, well, we need somewhere to live. So we are going to get a home mortgage, for mm. example and not get any investment properties mm. or investment property debt because we don't want other debt. This person might not have a car loan. We just save up and pay cash for cars. Yeah. We might not spend more than 10 grand on a car, just pay cash because yeah. our values aren't in stuff. We like experiences. Mm. We like building wealth for the future. And it's borderline that fire lifestyle, financial independence, uh, retire early, which mm -hmm. I don't love because – I think you just need to do what you love and build wealth for the future and all will be good. Yeah. But in the stricter Great. sense, if you did want to be a – I'd imagine you, like if you didn't want to be – if you wanted to be a mid-range kind of financial minimalist, mm. yeah, you might have the mortgage and then just not have any investments other than super or an investment account. Yeah, and I think most people you come in contact with just want a good balance of everything and, and not be – extreme one end or the other yeah but back to your point or recommendation beck of doing it checking in every three or six months with your home mm. doing that with our own financial situation ensures that you don't go down that slippery slope the wrong way yeah mm. and it's um, like peeling back the layers of an onion and just getting like stripping stuff out mm. yeah and you're just getting like leaner and faster and quicker and better totally. educated and and i mean if you're living in a capital city a financial minimalist might not own a car and they might just do public transport yeah. and Uber That's whenever really they need point. to go out of town or something like exactly. that or hire a car or yeah. car share. Mm. So what can you do in your life if you want to become a financial minimalist which allows you to save more for the future and live more lean because you might be thinking, oh, why wouldn't you want to do the investment property? Well, 
if you want to be a financial minimalist, I would imagine you want less moving parts in your money life. Yeah. You get an investment property, you've got a whole heap of new moving parts. Yeah. You've got a mortgage for the property perhaps, you've got tenants, you've got agents, you've got more crap for your tax return. Yeah. It just gets messy. And I think if you are aiming to be a true financial minimalist, I think the fact that you're not using gearing or debt to grow your wealth isn't such a big deal because your expenses are going to be leaner anyway, which means you can actually invest more each year Correct. for future you. Yeah, you should have a lot left over, shouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. so I think it almost has to be that middle ground, mm. almost, if I'm going to go down the financial minimalist road, I really need to give this a good shake. Yeah, I'm going to tell my three kids that Santa's not coming this year. Well. We're a <laughs> minimalist life that we're going to live. Do you have a secret Santa? Are you going to get one gift and... Everyone gets one from one mm. person. Might do that. So I think it's a very good idea. The goal with being the financial minimalist is because I've got no or less things pulling on my budget, I've got absolute agility with my cash flow, which means I've got very little financial stress because the money's just there. I'm not, it's not running my life. It's just a thing. It's just a tool. It's not my God. It's not my hero. It's not my. Mm doesn't impact me in that way like it's yeah. literally a tool and i'd imagine a financial minimalist would also be a generous person and this is the trap like knowing when to stop mm. like if you're if you're wanting to go on this financial minimalist slash i want to just invest as much as possible don't do it at the detriment of not being generous i would say always find room to be a generous person with your finances yeah yeah, yeah. and i think understanding why they're doing it as well like mm. so many, I come in contact, want 10 properties yeah, or a million dollars or $2 million. Like what is it all for? We keep saying, well, why are we doing this? Is mm. it for status? Is it for future wealth? What is it? Retirement early? Sometimes we don't even know. Mm. So I guess for me, the financial minimalist is somebody who is also very intentional with their spending. Okay. Yeah. They're not just haphazard, you know, going everywhere. They're yeah. very intentional. And it's not, as John just pointed out, it's not status like, oh, I live off the grid and I mm. get great joy from, you mm. know, bragging maybe to other people about that. Mm. It's about looking internally at yourself and what makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. And that could be, and you've got to be being intentional. I've like really tried where possible to buy Australian made. Yes. Beautiful. So yeah. that's an intentionality, okay? It might be that you're buying local. So I did a lot of my Christmas shopping, like all the crap that I got for the kids and whatever, I just yeah. did on Amazon because I didn't want to go to the shop. But the bespoke gifts, I went to a local homeware store because I was intentional. Yeah. These pots were made down the road as gifts. It's sold from a local thing and it was just, yeah. I think, and it probably leads on to being a financial minimalist. It doesn't actually mean that you're a tight ass and you buy cheap things only. Yeah, it's addressing why are mm. you buying that. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, uh, it's a tough one, isn't it, that a lot of Australians come in contact with. Like we experienced it um, yesterday where kids' um, school uniform. Right, we could buy $35 pair of shorts. Um, we could buy $10 pair of shorts. Yeah. Which the $10 obviously overseas, the 35 is local. Right. They're both probably going to end up ruined and grown out of in the next six months. Which way do you go with that? Mm. Well, so, you go the cotton local, don't you? <laughs> Not the polyester <laughs> shipping. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's the conversation that people mm. um, need to have, don't they? Mm. And I think it's cho it's choosing your battles and not being overwhelmed at once. Like yes. if you want to start this hardcore journey of being mm. a hardcore financial minimalist, don't do it all overnight. No, no. you can't. Yeah. Um, and that's the same with like stuff in your home. You can't – it's not a, a light switch. It's something that you have to work on over time and that's going back to being kind to yourself mm. and just going, this is where I'm at and just always moving in a positive direction towards that vision or that goal, mm. but just also going, okay, life happens, ebbs and flows. Yeah. 
and sometimes surprising things happen, but just going, no, it will all be okay. I will get there and I will find a way. Mm. Yeah. Going, going back to the home, yeah. when I look at decluttering, mm. and this is a, maybe the male side of things coming out of me, <laughs> I look yeah. at physically what I can see and I'll declutter that. I don't delve much deeper as in open Looking a drawer and realise it's yeah. full of crap. Sure, sure. <laughs> right, so as long because as... Because it's scary, right? Because <laughs> you're just scary. like, it's like looking in the mirror sometimes and it's like, yeah. I did this. Like, And so, yeah. finances is much more scary. That's just where to, I was going. Is, uh, like so many people are scared just to look at their bank accounts to see what they spent last night. Yeah. So we've got to go deep with uh, with our finances to uncover some stuff. So Yeah. And that's okay. I own that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. And it's a process. It's like if you choose one thing, it's like, okay, over the next couple of months, I'm going to work on just cleaning up my subscriptions. It might be I'm going to now, anytime I get mail in the mail, Mm -hmm. contact them and say, can it be emailed? And then, you know, I was thinking, John, like, what if you found a friend or a family member and had a PO box for the family? So... Because if you're a true financial minimalist, you might just be renting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for the foreseeable future, I think we're going to need some type of mail, which is annoying. Yeah. But, like, can you share a P.O. box with mm. a couple of people? For sure. And use it just to, like, say one less thing to change if I move house. Exactly. Well, I send all my mail to my in-laws now because I'm just like, we just move. Yeah. Like, we're renting. Yeah. And... Yeah, for all the important stuff, we just send it to the in-laws. Yeah. And because if you are a financial minimalist and you are renting, Mm. you don't have to worry about capital works to the home property that you're living in. No. So, if something breaks or the toilets or the plumbing or the stove, just call the landlord and get them to sort it out. Bingo. So, I think it's – my view is a hardcore financial minimalist – would probably rent. Like, what do you reckon based on what well, they, we discussed? Well, they should based on the, um, I suppose, the definition of it. Mm. Yeah. At least for their working life. Yeah. Although it's, it's funny to like, and this is why I just want to have this conversation. Yeah. Do we get a, a mortgage and just set it to 15 years and just pump it? Because yeah. you're always going to need it's somewhere quite, to live. Isn't it quite a nuanced question though? Like that you have to sit down and look at an individual's goals and yeah. like- John, you do it with your clients, I imagine, a lot, is like looking at those underlying reasons of why they want to hit particular goals or – and if they are like want to be that minimalist and go down that pathway, then that's, you know, a really strong reason to perhaps, you know, rent and all of that. Or, but would you ever weigh like that cost benefit of, okay, maybe it's beneficial for you to invest in property, like for your long-term yeah. wealth? Well, I mean, again, it comes back to the definition, what the person wants and how extreme they want to be. Like yeah. if we were renting and we – we absolutely had no debt in that space and we were just renting and fancy free and whatever. We may have five investment properties because our financial wealth for the future is important, mm-hmm. but that machine is running itself, i.e. I don't need to pump money into it every month. Is yeah. that okay? Well, and but that's it. Like there's going to be a lot of drama as well. The, is that? Well, if you've got five properties, mm. like you've got more paperwork each year. You've got more issues if tenants move out and dealing with agents mm. like and that's why i've well if you wanted to move on like in terms of the investments yeah well i'll just well before we move on to investments like with the principal place of residence if mm. because we're saying this is a lifestyle now and we want to be financial minimalists and you do have the personality that i actually want to own the home so we can have the yard and we don't have to move and security yep. or whatever maybe the financial planning goal is we're paying off our principal place of residence within the next seven to 10 years. Yeah. And like we're just focusing everything, heaven and earth. We're running lean because we're going to own this property because once we own this, that three grand a month, whatever it is, mortgage repayment, we're hardcore investing for the future. Yeah. I guess it's your definition of freedom. Some people might be like, I don't, I just want to rent. So I have that flexibility to go wherever I want and not have to pay for plumbers and things like that. Yeah, but fair. for other people, it might be, no, I want that security of owning the family home. Uh, and to me, that, you know, makes, gives me much more freedom in my life mm. uh, than the next person. So the definition, financial minimalist, is, it, is that a case where, 
I'm I'm decluttering so that I haven't got financial stress or worry, but I've still got a work ethic and I'm keen to continue working for the next 20 or 30 years. Well, like, like I'm Googling what is a financial minimalist and then there's one financial minimalism, minimalism means having a balanced lifestyle, knowing where you're at and what's right for you and being okay with that. I mean, this is just a salesy crap on a bank yeah. website. Because yeah, going back to my previous example of renting, um, no overheads in terms of rates and up maintenance and all those things. Yeah. But having five properties, but having the work ethic to worry about the accounting and bookwork of that every year mightn't face someone like that. But yeah, and they can it. still go um, to, to France for six months and they've still leading that lifestyle they want. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm a bit confused on it. Are you really? Well, that's, there's no answer. Yeah. This is why I think it's just a discussion to allow people to think. Mm. Because yeah. I would imagine like if you were a true minimalist, and again, you might want to buy five properties, but if you want to not have the drama of mortgages, because mortgages are straps on your cash flow, or there's a risk of having to pay if you don't have a tenant, yeah. which can impact you. So I'm thinking like, would a financial minimalist absolutely have a wealth creation plan that is tax effective like and very strategic? They should. Yeah. And yeah. everyone should. Yeah. But more so because you are being intentional with your money more than the average bear. Mm. Yeah. Are you salary sacrificing to super yeah. for the future because you're not worrying about investment properties and you're getting the tax efficiency there mm. and- you don't have to worry about another investment account because super you don't put on your tax return. It no. sits out there and it's internally taxed. Yeah. So, so you, yeah. So you you're taking action through mi- minimizing your tax without affecting your balance now, aren't yeah. you? And you building wealth for yeah. the future. Mm. And just on that, like I'll, I'll just grab my calculator. Mm. If you, for example, uh, put in I'll just go $10,000 a year into super, okay? Yeah. And the super contribution tax is 15%, so $1,500, right? You have to pay the government. Yep. If you took that $10,000 home and didn't put it in super and your tax rate was 30%, that's $3,000. So you've paid an extra $1,500 that year in tax, where if you were the financial minimalist, you'd be like, well, I'm saving that $1,500 a year and not paying tax on it, but I'm investing that $1,500 in super. So you're getting this compounding thing. Because I really like the idea of super and investment bonds because it's less crap I have to put on my tax return. Yeah. Right. So kind of what I do is I cap out my super at 25 grand a year, then any leftover money, I've got an investment bond account, which is internally taxed as well. Mm. So my super in the investment bond are not on my tax return. Yeah. And within those accounts, they're not actively managed and buying and selling the Wolf of Wall Street style Mm. and, you know, logging in every day and buying and selling and life's good. They're boring index funds. And I'm just shoveling money into those things. Next 10 years. And I'm not even thinking about it. Mm. Yeah. Because I don't care for letting that fill up headspace in my life because I know the long-term track record will be worth more in 20 years than it is today Mm. and I'll get the compounding effect. Mm. So I guess if you're a financial minimalist, you're also going to be looking at sustainable purchasing. Yes, and that goes back to that intentional living. Totally. You are looking at quality over quantity. Yes. And it might be. And a shout out to Christy. She wrote in and said, one of my, and a shout out to Christy. She wrote in and said, one of my goals for the year is to spend less than $500 on clothes. But it's looking unlikely. So, <laughs> but she's trying. So, well, that's like she's sort of peeled back one layer of that onion, right? And then she's gone, oh, okay, that's maybe not feasible. And then maybe she'll go, okay, I'll increase that to 700 or whatever makes sense mm. for her. 
But then it, there's a review after one year. Okay, how much did I actually spend? Mm. So she's set a goal. She's had to tweak it, but she's also got the opportunity to reflect on that. And so next year or whatever the time period is, mm. she can reassess that and, you know, sort of get that like heading in the right direction, mm. um, but being kind to yourself along the way. So this episode, it is more of a, a group counselling lesson for you guys. It's like if you want to be a financial minimalism ist. If you want to be, can't even speak. I'm done. But I mean, if you want to be a financial minimalist, yeah. What does that look like to you? Yeah, yeah. And then you answer that. The different versions exactly. of it, right? Because yeah, I think we can all agree there is absolutely no consumer debt. Yeah, we could yeah. probably all agree there's no car loans either. Yeah, right? and that goes back to that thread. Yeah, common sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We can all agree that you are intentional with your spending. Yep. We can all agree that you have a systemized system in place for your money that's automated as much as possible. Absolutely. So, and well, what else can we agree on? <laughs> you would have an emergency fund. But, yeah. and then your own rule book. Yeah. If you want 50 different share accounts or if you want yeah. eight different investment properties, yeah. the more crazy it gets, the less minimalist you will get. Yeah. yeah. Mortgage or rent, those sort of things. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's this whole thing is, can you have a lean and agile cash flow yeah. that supports your life? Yeah. And, and yeah. because it's a journey, it's also constantly educating yourself along the way. And that might be that you get great value from a course or uh, whatever it may be, but it could also be listening to podcasts like this and you could get one piece of information out of the whole hour that you're mm. like, that's for me. Or mm. even I, I'm just so on this thing, it's like, or not even get anything from us, but you've used this topic an hour to think for yourself on the topic and think of your own thing. Exactly. Because that's mm. where the genius comes in and that's where we're doing this as encouragement. Weekly, you're out playing a game you come into the podcast half time, have some oranges, get some refreshment, get encouraged from Powwow, Coachy John, and get back out on the field. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. And because mm. money's like, we, even though we interact with it every day, we don't necessarily always stop every day to think about it. Mm. So I think this podcast is a great reminder. Like when you tune in, whether you listen every week or like I do, I binge mm. episodes on like, like hour blocks. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Ben, for, for your support. Hey, I love it. Um, but the, like, I binge it because it's like get it yeah. all at once and, and focus mm, on money and get inspired And again. just finishing, I think also a financial minimalist, well, it's, I wrote it down because it's what I'm aiming for. <laughs> Here we go. This is your rule book. Well, no, no, no. But like <laughs> would you have a whole food plant-based diet? Uh, would was, would you really manifest that. the physical, the seen and unseen to be in sync, efficient, so you're – I think if you're trying, like, with minimalism, you're trying to be a better person and all of that. And so if you care about one cause, you'll tend to care about mm. multiple. Yeah. Um, the, the, but the, it is a journey. Mm. The obstacle I reached when I thought about that was the cost in doing that yes. is greater normally than but not. If yes. you've, but if you've leaned up and don't have other crap hanging off. I agree yeah. with that. And also you can find a way. Yeah, you can. But yeah. I'm thinking, well, if we're going down this hard and fast minimalist role or pl- or, or um, living, we want to be smart with our money and economical yeah. with our money at the same yeah. time. So there's, there's a bit of a trade-off mm. at some stage, isn't there? But, yeah, I'm for plant. Go to the plant. I am too. With the occasion of a bit of meat. Love it. Love Which is what meat. we all should be doing in the world. We'd be a lot better place yeah. if we all cut down a little bit. Love it. Sorry to the farmers out there. So, but I, I don't know. I just... Again, I'd had no idea where this episode was going, but I've personally been encouraged to go and um, do a couple of things. Mm. Like it just, and as I think Beck as well, and the reason why mm. I've got you down here is because we can draw so many parallels, like the taking stock, like mid last year, I found out I had two Amazon Prime accounts coming out <laughs> of two different, and I'm just like... I did that with Audible. Somehow yeah, I signed up to the UK like, version. And mm. I was like, and they and still charge me. Like, they refunded when I called them up. I've got all. Foxtel and I, I don't watch it. I mean, it's 40 something dollars a month. Mm. Like, yeah. And it's so easy to just go, oh, it's just $40. Yeah, and I know, but, exactly. And I'm then thinking, you go, you're a dickhead, Glenn. Oh, go and cancel it. $1,000 a year, whatever. And you go, oh, that's nothing. Yeah. But when you really do stop and appreciate yeah. mm. every dollar adds up to another, adds mm. up to another, sure. then 
So, where can we find details about your, I guess, website and details? Because I guess yep. if you want to go to Beck for help with the physical and us for the spiritual and the unseen. I'm all into the spiritual. So you can find me on Instagram at the Everyday Organizer, and those are my links from there. And coming in March 2020, I will I'm launching AMA, so ask me anything, and you can submit all your questions about the home, all de-identified. Uh, so I do find that a lot of people are sometimes really stuck in a place that they're a little bit embarrassed about. Uh, so yeah, you we can should submit- start a podcast, My Millennial Minimalist. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that. Do you want to? Let's chat. I feel like I've heard this like suggestion a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like it's every, a couple. I've it's listened to quite a few, like almost all your episodes, on. and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, okay. But you got the career one. Yes. Off? Yeah. That's awesome. I've just always like. I wish I had the career when I was in corporate because yeah. nobody spoke about pay rises or money. It was all very under wraps, and you couldn't discuss it with other staff members. Mm. You know, under contract and blah blah blah. But yeah, I'm glad mm. that you guys have brought that out. Yeah. yeah. You got to go, John. I got to go. All right, thanks, John, yeah. and right. we'll uh, talk to you soon. Right, thanks, guys. Bye. See ya. All right, John's gone, and I was ill prepared for this episode, so there's no community member of the week this week, Beck. So, <laughs> so thanks so much for. Well, I'm I'm part of coming. the community, so yeah. Oh, okay. Here, you go. Here we go. Well, let's do a community member of the week with Beck. So, roll the thing now. Please don't make me say it. No, you make me do it every single time. Someone please help me. No, I'm just kidding. Please help me. It's the Community Member of the Week. All right, Beck, we've got a live Community Member of the Week. Love it. Now, your name's Beck. Your mm-hmm. age is 20-something. Oh, thank you. Yeah. 33. 33. You're in Newcastle. Correct. What, would you, what do you tell people your occupation is? Home organiser. Home so organiser? interchangeably with professional organiser. Great. Yeah. What's a financial goal in your life at the moment? So saving up to buy the family home. And just recently we've started talking about, okay, what do we do after we buy the family home? Just setting, because that will sort of dictate sort of how we mm. approach buying that family home. Um, yeah, whether it's a, we stay there for five years, start a family, how blah, much blah, do blah. we spend on it? How much we have renovations? Have you got kids yet? No, no that's another interesting thing, yeah. which I'll tell you because I'm 100% yeah. like happy to. So we're trying for kids, but it feels very weird to be thinking about the family home when we don't have any. Yeah. So we're very much like if we can conceive, great. But if we can't, then that won't take away from our life. We'll just yeah, go on and with that's it. what I was going to say. It's like, it sounds bizarre, but. Sometimes people don't have kids. A lot of our friends aren't having kids yeah. deliberately. Due but to, I mean deliberately or not deliberately due to yeah. human infertility or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Mm. But we're, I think we're incredibly lucky to be living in a time where there's not that expectation mm. for a lot of people to have them. So, uh, okay, here's the thing. So yeah. how are you navigating? So if you're looking for that family goal mm. with our goal setting, we almost need like a step down provision. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we want the family home. Yep. If we can't have kids for whatever reason, is the home that we buy in vain or can it still be used? So that's something we haven't got to like, so our savings timeline should coincide. If we like by the end that we get to the house deposit, we'll probably be pretty sure if we can't, or we'll have a child by yes, that time. Yep. So I guess we're lucky in that yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, just thinking about that and just like John always says, it, like no matter – even if you're buying the family home, you still have to be smart about buying the property in terms of investment long term. Yes. And not getting too emotional. And, like, I've been delving a lot into the property podcast – which has been awesome in terms of like just stripping back the emotion a little bit because mm. <laughs> I love beautiful homes and all of that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's been, yeah, just a good uh, tool to help navigate that sort of mindset around buying your family home for the first time. Yeah, love it. So how are you guys really getting after that home loan deposit? Like are you have you cut out anything crazy? Are you working harder to earn more money? So we're both uh, sort of relatively new in like, myself in business uh, and he switched careers recently. 
So we both we just took stock of that and said it is what it is. It's going to grow exponentially. And we're cool with that, but don't get frustrated that we're not there yet. Uh, and the last year, late 2019, was very much about month to month, looking at how we spent our money uh, and how we saved, and just being like thoughtful and kind to ourselves in terms of like, okay, that was a bad month, whatever, learn from it, move forward. Mm, mm. Yeah, and I think you've got to have grace. Like, yeah, it's if you're into fitness or you want to start a new eating habit, yeah, if you do stuff up and accidentally have a bowl of ice cream like it's okay (laughs) exactly and yeah it's just always reflecting and yeah just that constant moving forward and it's been amazing like we're talking about subscriptions you know $40 a month it's those little things that always add up and I guess I was looking at people who were on much less money than I was who, who were saving up for their home deposit and they were getting there and I was like far out like what are they doing and it was very much fundamentally it was a mindset change of Instead of that millennial, oh, we can never afford our own family home. It was like, we're going to do it. Yeah. 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 So you being intentional. Yeah. What do you think is your silliest money mistake that you can remember? Oh, everything throughout my 20s. (laughs) I just didn't care. I don't know if it was immaturity or whatever, but I just, it was very much living paycheck to paycheck. And if you're in your 20s now doing that... And having fun, enjoy it. Mm. <laughs> Just know you'll pay totally. for it later. <laughs> totally. Uh, well, we might leave it there. And thanks for being part of. You're in the Facebook group, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. So Becky's also a listener of the podcast. That's how we got in touch with her to start with. And we're always after people who might listen to the podcast, who are fans of the podcast, to come on and share oh, their exciting. wisdom. So. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Thanks for being involved in this podcast. Thanks for listening Pleasure. to My Millennial Money Property. Thanks for listening to My Millennial Career. Thanks for all your support. And thanks for today. hope it was uh, interesting nevertheless. You cut something out of it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. See you guys. See ya. Bye. If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals. If you're looking for a super fund that puts its members' interests above all else, choose a super performer, Sun Super. With low fees, strong investment returns, and great member services, Sun Super is Super Ratings 2020 Fund of the Year and has also been awarded by Money Magazine, CanStar, and Finder. Find out more about SunSuper at sunsuper.com.au forward slash choose. You can join SunSuper online in under five minutes. Many people do not realize that slavery still exists in the world today. That's why My Millennial Money supports A21. We want to highlight A21 as they work to abolish slavery and human trafficking all across the world. If you want to support A21, visit a21.org.au for more information. Thanks to Jess Knaus, producer, Nathan Robertson, editor, and me, Asher. Anyway, make sure you're connected via Instagram and our free Facebook group. We also film most of our content now, so check out My Millennial Money on YouTube. For further information about what's going on, check out the links in the show notes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.